Hi, I'm Rob, and this is Dad Sofa, a podcast about the things that connect us. Whether it is a rained-off attempt at a trip to the pub, or string theory, a cycle to Cornwall, or a chat in the sea, we talk about the stuff of life, what makes us curious, the stuff that connects everything, the spaghetti of life. Come and join us. Get comfy. This is Dad Sofa. It struck me on Tuesday that it is Advent, and the trail towards Christmas is now set, with the daily opening of the kids' Advent calendars. This year is different, because my wife bought one for our dog. Oh yes, and even me too. But chocolate is not contained within ours. Lucy has dog biscuits in hers, and snuffles them out as the days are open for her. Mine is a cheese Advent calendar. Perhaps my wife does think of me as lockdown Bob after all. The cheese calendar has to be thicker, because of the thickness of the blocks of cheese, so the box is more unusual in design. When opened, I'm treated to a vista of Georgian buildings with numbers on. Like all the slightly off-the-wall ideas, this one is no different, and on opening the first of the 24 Georgian windows, it was empty. After a few seconds of consideration, I realised that the wells that hold the cheese are not protected by any secure boundary, and so all 24 cheeses have probably slid down to the bottom of the box and I will have an arm going into the calendar to try and retrieve each cheese block as the days go by, so it's turned into a combination of advent calendar and lucky dip, but without the sawdust and newspaper of my childhood lucky dip experiences, cheese being the name of the day rather than the balsa wood and foam plastic plane to throw around the room and nosedive into the couch. Although if there is a cheese I find unpalatable, it may end up being chucked in the air for Lucy Dog to catch. She loves cheese too. It's at this time of year that the music changes, and it was also on Tuesday that I heard my first playing of So Here It Is, Merry Christmas by Slade. Zoe Ball, the Radio 1 DJ, advised us at the end that she was more this than Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You, which for me is more of a Christmas Day song. Noddy Holder, the lead singer of Slade, screeches, It's Christmas, in a way that I've never got bored of. So I think I'm with Zoe on this one. The combination of nostalgia and mastery is something I often reflect on at this time of year whether it's design of an advent calendar, carols from kings, or a song on the radio. For it to work, it is a lesson in what skills are involved in becoming something unique. Television is so tightly budgeted these days that low-cost shows have become extremely popular with networks. As a result, this filters down to the viewers, who become engaged in something which at times is almost as cruel as the medieval stocks where tomatoes and cabbages were thrown at the unfortunates locked into them. The modern-day version of this kind of thing is reality television. Some of the shows represent a challenge as a lure within itself, and often it's about mastering a new skill, honing a new one, or mastering one's fears. Sometimes it's the hapless public, and sometimes the hapless celebrity that is drawn in, either with the lure of money or fame. The thing that makes me smirk is the term celebrity, as I can no longer be sure what the definition really is. It has become a yearly sense-check on our age. The announcement of the celebrities is always supposed to be some kind of present opening with a build-up. But when they're announced, my wife and I look at each other, one of us saying, Who's that? The other shrugs and raises the palms of their hands. The television series that are always in full swing at this time of year are strictly Get Me Out of Here, Masterchef and Bake Off, which is just finished actually. The latter two are about people with prior experience and skill. The others are about gaining a new tool, whether it's dancing or overcoming a fear of having maggots and snakes poured over you. It's sometimes inspiring to see people overcome their fears and deliver. What I find tricky, whatever their celebrity status, is the way that decisions are often put to the public vote, 
And this, of course, can attract the troll, particularly when the vote is to decide who gets to do a horrible trial in a pit of snakes. So when someone who is brittle or vulnerable ends up being voted for every single trial, they become exposed to their fear far more than anyone else. It's not the result which is often an amazing new tolerance to the most vile things, but I worry about the vile people who are there staring at the stocks, tomato or rotten cabbage in hand, ready to launch anything horrible they can at the hapless celebrity. Strictly has more of a good feel factor, but still, the amusing and famously loved can find their way through the show for far longer than their dancing skills should allow. At least it's fun, but perhaps not for the competent dancer who gets voted off, allowing the incapable to continue, who just happen to make everyone laugh wearing a huge green bird costume, laying an egg at the end of their dance. But we do see the development of mastery. The steps that were so deliberate become natural and open the contender to being able to concentrate on smiling and just giving it more oomph, only to be given a two by the judge who has been given the remit to be the nasty one. This similar development happens with Bake Off and MasterChef, but focuses on the positive a lot more. But it does test. The contestants start off with real fear. You can see it in their eyes. The MasterChef Pro Skills test can reduce a competent Michelin-starred chef to soft rubble. This week I saw someone clearly rated highly enough to get them on the show, cocking up an omelette. The judge, saying ever so politely, you tried to make an omelette, but what you have made is scrambled egg. I'm guessing that if I were to go on that show, I would probably be unable to remember my own name, let alone shine with any kind of cooking skill. But the contestants who move through start to get things right more often, and it becomes a wonderful example of how skilled people go from nervous wreck to inspired masters. The mastery is not just about being able to produce something, it's about reacting to circumstances. In the case of cookery, the ambient temperature of the room, or the way the machinery heats up, will change completely when you come to showcase your practice menus. So the best are those that can adapt, change what they do, put ice in their split hollandaise, or when the test has taken them far too long, make their kofta thinner so that it will have a better chance to cook. Mastery is not just about knowing what to do, it's about how one reacts to the circumstances, how they walk the tightrope. Producing a product in a set formulaic way is not the only part of the puzzle. It's about the ongoing nurturing during and afterwards. By Christmas Day, all of these shows are finished, and we can move into the festive season with a memory of what inspired us most, and look back, and then forward, on what the new year will hold for us. Yeah.